I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today, it is the last show of 2020. Yep, it's time to give my vocal cords a little break as we set up a very big 2021. And would you believe it, season four of the Purple Patch podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to split the show. I'm going to first do an extended word of the week so that we really get our money's worth from Barry, because after all, it is the last show of the year. And in Word of the Week, we're going to reflect on 2020. And it seems appropriate that we don't do a best of 2020. Instead, we're going to do a worst of and a best of 2020. It's been one of those years, folks. The elements of the year and performance that we noticed. This reflection is going to be both fun and grounding in our venture towards 2021 performance. But Then we dive into the subject that is going to be important for many of you folks in 2021, coaching. I'm sure that many folks are thinking about engaging in a coaching relationship of sorts to kickstart their journey of performance. And so I thought there's no better time to discuss the coach-athlete relationships. Many folks in 2020 had a little panic, turned their back on coaching guidance. After all, There weren't many events happening, were they? And so we're going to dive into a case study today, and we're going to discuss how this last year and the year and ahead is ironically perhaps the most valuable time to engage in a coaching relationship. And I'm going to provide my perspective to help you find the coaching setup that aligns with your needs and, of course, what your role is in that relationship to ensure that it's a successful one. It's a goodie today valuable across all walks of life, the power and importance of coaching. But before we slice and dice into the juicy meat and potatoes, we're going to go right away this week to Word of the Week. Barry, are you ready, mate? Have you had a good year? Huh? Sorry, mate, you're not not mic'd up. Yep. Yep, I know. It's better for you to be in the shadows. Yeah, I think it is as well. I think it's. I think the folks at home will appreciate that as well. I mean, he's seldom got much value to say, but folks. All right, anyway, let's get on with this. Baza, I want you to give us some of your best tunes, as they say. It is the best of, worst of. So let's hit it, Barry. It is Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wig. Let's open the book. It's time to The word of the week this week, folks, best of, worst of. For this, we're going to bypass on the really obvious and what I was all critically important stuff, the staggering amount of sickness and death, the ongoing issues from long COVID and organ damage, the financial impact across so many aspects of society. I realize that these are clearly the most important parts of last year. But for this word of the week, I want to go a little beyond that and give you my worst of and best of 2020 in the areas that that globally impact performance somehow. And so let's take you into the ditch and let's build you up into hope, just like a Hollywood movie. So to start off, the worst of what has been the worst of 2020. Well, I think number one in this category, the loss of human connection. And this applies to so many levels, but goodness me, do we collectively thrive on connectivity in person? For so many, it's tough, and it's going to be tough for many more months. But probably the single toughest thing has been so many of the seemingly more basic and simple things that we almost universally took for granted before this thing, whether it was family gatherings, holidays, elbow to elbow in a music venue, whatever it is, we realize that we 
as social beings. And I think that that is probably the heart of perhaps one of the worst things, the loss of human connection. My second choice for the worst of in 2020, the collision of worlds. Yes, our sport, social, life, work, family, all just happening under one roof, like the flip of a switch. And this has been, in 2020, one of the more destabilizing effects that I've noticed, a complete loss of routine, stability, separation between work and family. It really caused a sticky mess for so many folks. And I think was so destabilizing for many that it created an amplified effect of fear and anxiety. And so that sort of loss of routine was, for lack of a better phrase, caustic. So what else has been rough this year? Well, I've got to say that the erosion of trust and belief in science and in parallel to that, coupled with it, the rise in prevalence of these awful conspiracy theories, oh, just the polarization and the politicization of thinking around scientific thinking globally and pragmatic approach, it is not helpful and it's not productive for society. And it was deflating to see how that took hold in the midst of this pandemic when at any time that we need faith in science, it is navigating through this type of element. And, and of course, without being political, the lack of leadership to guide that was an issue across many countries and societies across the world. And so the erosion of trust and belief in science is my number three on the worst of. Number four, the broader impact. I think much of this is yet to be felt. And of course, our collective focus has been drawn into the direct impact of the pandemic. It's an obvious tale, though, that I think that we have yet to feel the full impact. The impact on our kids and being broken up with school, the looming economic impact on so many people's lives, probably yet to feel much of it until 2021 or beyond. The stretching of the fabric of society, it's really challenging to peel back the indirect impacts of the events of 2020, but it has been a challenge. And so I think those are the building block four elements that have really sort of hit the top four of the list of worst of in 2020. If we bring it a little closer to home, the purple patch level, look, what was most challenging for us? Well, I think that when we come close to the home, having an opening date for a glorious new purple patch center of April the 10th, 2020, it probably wasn't very easy to navigate. Although ironically, as I say this, I think that perhaps, just perhaps, the fact that we were unable to open the center might just be a blessing in disguise. And for us responding to this, it might just end up being a good thing. Every kick in the pants can ultimately be an opportunity to race further into the air. And so we shall see, but maybe it's a good thing, but pretty tough challenge for us on many levels. It was also really tough for us at Purple Patch to see so many of our friends and family and our athletes really struggle this year. The number of folks that were impacted directly, either economically or by decisions out of their control, the loss of a close one, or even for, for many athletes that we, we coached and helped or still do help being a, a victim of the illness with hospitalization or, or long COVID. It was really tough to stomach some of the challenges and, and see people fight through. I will say the silver lining is to see their, their grittiness and them applying many of the elements that we've talked about in performance to now their new journey, particularly those coming out of long COVID. And the final component this year, as we start to fall into a little despair almost, but this year of tragedy is uh, one thing that's become really clear is that while 
COVID-19 has been the dominant feature of all of worldwide society. The rest of the challenges that come with everyday life carry on in parallel. And whether it's the loss of the folks in the recent Las Vegas bike crash just a couple of weeks ago, one of whom was a, a very well-known member of our very close community, or the loss of a couple of our friends that we had from cancer, life carries on. And um, when you amplify that on top of already a stressful situation, it becomes really, really challenging for people to continue to navigate. And so I think that we do have to acknowledge how tough the year has been. And there's been so much adversity. As we talk through this and we educate and we bring ourselves best guidance and perspective that we can for our community. On the flip side of it, throughout all of this chaos, throughout all of this challenge, I actually had no problem at all today coming up with the best of. And that's the good side of it, is that out of adversity and challenge creates the opportunity for growth. And as I go through this list and we finish word of the week, we'll come with some bright, sparky stuff. And so just like a Hollywood film, we've brought you down. Now let's bring you up. So what's the best of 2020? Well, the first is really quite personal, and that's that for us to see so many people of all walks of life really successfully navigate this adversity, draw lessons from it, and those lessons will be ones that serve them moving going forward with a real grounding in purpose and an appreciation of the importance of stability and routine. It was really encouraging to see. And when I pause and take a step back and look at the broader Purple Patch community, this year I actually saw a whole bunch of personal growth that wasn't reflected in race results and maybe wasn't reflected in the classic ways that we see it, but were there brighter than ever before. And the personal growth that we saw are going to be things that, that people can lean on for the long term. And so perhaps this year, while it was full of challenge, the best of it was that it's such a platform of lessons for us to build on, whether it's sports performance or performance in the broader sense. I really think that there's opportunity that lies ahead. And that's the most encouraging thing, the thing that fills myself and the rest of Purple Patch with real vigor, real hope, real excitement. And I would say that the second component for that dovetails right off one of the worst off. I talked about the worst component or one of the worst components being the erosion in belief in science, but it has been truly joyous to see a sparkling sensation and absolute victory of science with the creation of a series of highly effective and safe vaccines. And it's a triumph for science, it's a triumph for humans. And, uh, and I think it's a, a great component, and it was just the news that we needed towards the end of the year for the antidote of the challenges that we face. And within this world, the one that has created a lot of distress with ever-increasing polarization of belief, my third best off is the antidote for what would happen if you only watch TV. And you see the fabric of society that is supposedly just about to go into collapse, almost civil war on a daily basis. But what I've seen this year at a more local level connected to people that I interact with across the world is a real coming together, a feeling of togetherness in so many ways, acts of kindness, support, caring, collaboration, concern for others. And perhaps, perhaps I'm a little insulated but on the other side of the coin of the splintering of the fabric of society, I really want to acknowledge those that have stepped up, that have shown that they do care for their fellow humans and acknowledge the deep appreciation of actually helping others. And I think that's actually more powerful than the loss of the togetherness in broader society. And so 
my best ofs have begun with almost the antidote and the response to many of my worst ofs. So what about closer to home? Well, I think that one of my best off components for Purple Patch was to see so many Purple Patch folk and well beyond Purple Patch realize that when events and races dilute, are stripped away, and life is in chaos, for them, so many of them, to realize the critical role that sports and health have and play as a backbone of broader performance in life. And I feel like, like never before, a broader range of people appreciate the link between everything that falls under the athletic mindset and the opportunity to perform in broader life and work. And it's never felt more relevant. And I think that that is moving forward a great opportunity to infuse health and performance into everybody's daily life. And so that's been really, really powerful for us at Purple Patch. Another best of is within this chaos that we've had within the challenge, the amazing generosity of people. And I can't go through this list without acknowledging a couple of key components. Kelly, myself, the whole Purple Patch team were nothing short but, but blown away by the generosity of all of you folks with the project that we did with the Challenged Athletes Foundation, $110,000 and counting. It's just blown us away. And it's had a material impact on several people's lives. And I would couple with that the Purple Patch Scholarship Program, right when it became abundantly clear that adversity, particularly financial adversity, was facing so many of our athletes. To see so many step up and support other people's performance journeys, even while you were struggling at the same time, and to see that we were able to award more than $50,000 worth of scholarships to almost 100 people to enable them to carry on their journey in performance, boom, best of, guys, 2020. That's the spirit that we're looking forward to. And so many elements that I think the final element of best of is one that straddles a response of this situation in 2020, but gives us incredible excitement to the heartbeat of Purple Patch Program looking forward. And that's that we, in many ways, got pushed into hyperspeed. The fast-forward approach of so many elements that had to happen as a response to the situation relating to coaching and life. And it filled me with joy to see the community come together and connect online when in-person stuff really couldn't happen and the explosion of live video coaching that for us is bi-directional. You see, while our backs at Purple Patch were thrown against the wall with the center not being able to open, what it did is it forced our hand to respond, to adapt, to bring our most creative senses to the game. And I've always talked about stress creating urgency in action. Well, we long had this vision of live and post-produced bi-directional coaching. And over the next two to three years, we were going to bring that into action. Well, 2020, boom, we did it in six weeks. And that was the impact of the pandemic. And already, just a few months later, it is quickly becoming the very heartbeat of Purple Patch programming for all Purple Patch athletes across the world. And so, I finish with that because that is one for the future. And I'm so excited for 2021 as we grow into the first quarter and we really start to be able to have this full library and catalog of both live and post-produced coaching to really help people become better athletes and to feel connected no matter where they live in the world. And so, yes, that is a very extended word of the week and it is the worst off. And the best of, the word of the week says it all. In the dumpster fire of a crazy year breeds opportunity. 
we find silver linings and of course hope for the future out of stress comes opportunity for growth and so as we reach the end of this year knowing that we're not through this craziness yet i hope that you will join us with great excitement for the path ahead in 2021 we are going to perform we are beyond excited to help you thrive me you us we are all going to perform in 2021 and so with that let's find you some coaching baza see us out with some tunes mate it is time for the meat and potatoes Yes, folks, when you go into these holidays and you think about 2021 and you start to consider developing in the new year, whether it's sport, business or broader life, a good first place to start is to consider building a relationship of mentorship or coaching. Now, as we get going today, I want to point something out. and that's that working with a coach or a coaching team can be a smart and beneficial step to help you achieve performance but it's important as we go into this discussion today that you understand that a coach is not the catalyst of your success good coaching will guide your path to success but you yes you all of you you are the one who determines if you will achieve success you might get into harvard but it is what you bring to harvard such as work ethic the smarts the curiosity and the ambition that determines what you get out of that experience and so i want you to keep that in mind today because we're going to dive in and the goal of this is the pursuit of helping you find the right coaching solution for your needs not necessarily purple patch the right coaching solution for your needs and to kick it off i thought i'd tell you a story it's a true story about an athlete in 2020 who was coached then uncoached then coached by me yep it's kind of been one of those years i have coached jake for just over 3 years and it's been a project quite honestly across multiple fronts but to give you a little perspective on jake he's a highly keen triathlete clearly committed and his mission quite clearly is he wants to qualify for the Hawaii Ironman now he's very very busy he's got a family but he is certainly passionate about his sport he really wants to qualify for the world championships in 2017 he did his first ironman in 2018 joining the purple patch train he did two ironman races in his second season and he grew had a great year and in 2019 he managed to squeeze three races in that's a lot for a busy amateur athlete and he got very very close to grabbing the coveted spot in fact if we paused right there and look back his sporting evolution was very very good from nowhere near qualification to ongoing success to being right on the edge for every objective i he has experienced highly positive improvement now I do admit that over these last seasons I've spent a lot of time urging him to allow himself to enjoy the journey a little bit more maintain perspective of how the journey is actually helping him broader life and to also retain focus on the boulders of performance make sure that he doesn't fall into the trap of continually looking to add new gadgets or diets or more analysis I've done my best to continually guide him away from obsession and reminding him of his progress so far over the years the positive trajectory that he's been on and the fact that the simple truth is that breakthrough performance really doesn't lie in a software platform or a wristwatch well jake has been immensely enjoyable to coach we've formed a really positive relationship fundamental to our discussion today and 2020 began with great zest evergreen commitment 
his season was laid out with Ironman races in May and July and then a backstop at the end of the year just in case he didn't secure qualification. But I will admit, coming off of the trajectory of the last two or three years, I was highly confident. Embrace the journey, Jake. Embrace the journey. March hit. Lockdown. And over the following weeks, his races began to topple. They evaporated. And it became clear that the most likely scenario was that his Ironman races just wouldn't happen in 2020. His racing season was in ashes. It didn't mean his performance journey was in ashes. And I spent a long time providing perspective to Jake and looking to paint a picture that this situation, while terribly and frustrating, actually provided opportunity for it. Without the pressure of a looming race, he could actually decompress a little and allow the last, se the last season's work to marinate, but also leverage the chance to build for the longer term. And he actually had the opportunity to do a project this year that would almost certainly lay the foundation and platform for a big leap in performance in 2021. Now, through those conversations, Jake was excited. But just a couple of weeks after that, I got a call from Jake. The reason? Well, with his races gone, Jake just couldn't see the point. He decided to let his coaching take a back seat. He said, look, I kind of know what to do. I'm going to stay active. I'm going to be consistent. I'll train by myself. And after all this blows over, I'm going to rejoin. We'll get through the pandemic and we'll restart the journey. There's no real point in a structure plan if I'm not training for a race. Well, what he was deciding to do was go random. And I can say as much as I like, but look, Treading carefully, I explained that this was probably not the result in a positive performance outcome in the end, but hey, I'm just here to help Jake on his journey. The one thing I did say to Jake is that while I will support his decision, even though he knew that I don't think it was the most productive for his sporting performance, the element that really concerned me was his life performance. Now, 2020 has carved a lot of lessons for us, particularly if you're keeping your eyes open and you're being observant. But a couple of examples for me as a coach would be this. Number one, we are social beings. And so while I tend to coach athletes that pursue sports that are defined as being individual in nature, I would say that the journey towards those sports is anything but a solo one. And outside of sports, almost everyone agree, would agree that one of the great losses of 2020 has been the challenge of losing so much of our daily connectivity with each other. Zoom and other platforms act as a surrogate, but the desire and need for human connectivity provides so much more than many of us really appreciated. And the second component is, and this has long been ingrained in the spirit of Purple Patch, but many have gleaned the lesson this year that the connection between the very characteristics that are critical to sporting success have never been more applicable to folks who are looking to thrive in work and broader life. The pillars of performance, endurance, strength, nutrition, recovery, as well as maintaining the appropriate mindset to drive these forward are the very grounding force that ensure that you are equipped to excel no matter what the endeavor. Jake was just about to get the lessons of this because Jake hit the eject button. You see, Jake is just one example of many people across their sport who decided that because there wasn't any racing and there was a shift in life environment, it was a great time just to pull back. Now, I've seen very few examples in which these decisions have had a positive outcome. Because what Jake did was he hit eject. He hit eject on his longer-term sporting goals. He hit eject on his training progression and the journey that was enabling him to improve over multiple years. 
but he was also hitting eject on his stability and routine and platform of health. He was hitting eject on his coaching that provided so much mentorship and perspective across all aspects. So what do you think happened to Jake? Well, you might guess the obvious. He struggled. Now, he was very lucky overall. He had very good health, as did his family. His job was secure. His finances were stable. And he gained a lot of flexibility and time from his new work-from-home situation. He actually didn't face many of the really grueling stresses that so many people faced over the course of this year. And so globally, he was one of the lucky ones. But just three months after those conversations, Jake called me again. And the reason he called was he was, in a word, rudderless. His training consistency had plummeted, despite having more time, remember. He was more scrambled than ever. And he admitted that he was way less organized and efficient across all aspects of his life. As he said to me, he goes, stealing one of your words, my life feels like chicken casserole. I love my family. I love my job. I still want to be really healthy and train, but it's all just getting mixed up. And the elevated stress of the environment and his inconsistency ended up spilling into ultimately his mood and his happiness. You see, the lesson was that random wasn't working quite so good for Jake. Far from having the effect that he thought he would have of ah, a little less stress because I'm not on plan, suddenly Jake just felt like he was living in a tornado of life without direction. Well, now he's back on program, and it's been a couple of months that he's back on program and the ship is, lo and behold, correcting a little bit. And so I wanted to, for the sake of the show, ask Jake for his thoughts on how the transition out of and back into coaching impacted him. And I thought that his response was revealing. You see, he said, with the racing plans off the calendar, I figured that I could just keep things rolling simplify, draw off some of the body of the old workouts that I did and still progress. And because of the chaos of everything else, I really wanted to not be one of those selfish people. I wanted to put more focus into my family and work because of all of the uncertainty was going on. So I just figured I was doing the right thing. It was sport can take a back seat. I'll still keep structure on that side of stuff, but I can really energize into work and family amongst the chaos. But quickly what I realized was that the coaching wasn't actually really about the workouts. At least that wasn't my biggest benefit. What I realized, what I gained from coaching was that it was the backbone of predictable scheduling. It allowed or rather forced me to remain organized in the routine of life. And Jake said it helped me coordinate my family and work so that I could schedule training into it. And on a personal level, I really missed the sense of accountability and the importance of perspective and advice around so many of the decisions that I have to make. I told you it was a joy to coach. Yep, Jake is perceptive and also really, really thoughtful. You see, what I think Jake's journey really highlights is the value of being a part of a program or being coached by someone. And that engagement, I feel, should never be valued by just the workouts or just by the information provided. And so what I would like to do is go through three steps that if you're on the fence, maybe you're in a broken coaching relationship or you've never been coached before, let's go through and define what a great coaching relationship and how to find the best fit for you. Now, I should preface this, and this is important. This is not an advertorial for Purple Patch Coaching. What I want you to do is treat this as a framework to help you achieve a few potential things. First, 
to begin to source the right coaching fit for you because this is your journey. And I hope to arm you with perspective so that you can find the best fit for you. And I will say Purple Patch is not the right fit for everyone. We're not. I'm not the right coach for everyone. So I hope today that this information can help kickstart a journey for you to find the right coaching fit for you. It also might be an opportunity for you to revisit a current coaching relationship, to re-energize it, to improve it, because you might be in a relationship that needs a little pause, a little reset, and hopefully this information might help you and your coach really kickstart a reframing of the relationship to help both of you. And so you might be able to draw from this, this information on that side of stuff. And finally, and this is the one that's slightly less fun, it might just help you identify a current coaching relationship that is just simply not fixable, not optimal for you and your situation and what your needs are. And sometimes you need to break that relationship. And so with that framing, I hope that's clear that this is not an editorial. Let's dive in. Let's first come up and let's talk about why coaching is so beneficial for people. And I've mentioned this so many times before, but the highest achieving athletes and executives almost universally embrace the critical role of coaching. And the question is why? Why is coaching so valued by these people? Well, the first is it is incredibly tough to go on a performance journey alone. No matter what your commitment level is or your talent, doing the work daily, no matter what the work is, renders it incredibly difficult for anyone to maintain high-level perspective, to be really objective, and not to get pulled into more emotional elements of the journey. You see, so much of the performance journey is fought in the weeds daily, but the long-term success is only ensured if you continually course correct and stay on track with the objectives. So it's so critical that you're not just fighting in the weeds, but you're fighting in the weeds on the right things. And I believe the only path to ensure this is for high performers to lean into coaching. That's really a part of the coach's job, to always be able to elevate and help make big decisions for the long term. Beyond this, of course, coaching offers a wonderful degree of accountability and feedback. And I, I hasten to add that accountability shouldn't be viewed as something like the headmaster or the principal towering over you, making sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's, young laddie. Instead, it is that making your journey one that is shared, and it's shared with an ally who has experience in the field and has done this type of thing before. You see, that's the only way that it's going to truly accelerate the journey and amplify your results by sharing, by learning and by collaborating for a common goal that will nearly always be better when you feel a part of something, when someone or a group of people has your back and ultimately can be honest with you so that you can stay on track so that you're aligned in your interests of achieving success. And I would say finally, that one aspect of coaching that cannot be underestimated is the role of coaches or a coaching group to help you understand, navigate and learn from failure. Because here's a dirty truth. We always associate coaches as agents of victory. And that's important. Coaches should achieve results. But the path to get to those victories and great successes will include overcoming obstacles and failure. And so good value coaches or coaching organizations will help you do just that. Something that is so tough to, to, to achieve alone, which is to learn to navigate 
failure. So what should you learn from a coaching situation, a guided, a mentorship? Well, it's not just about planning workouts. Being a part of a quality coaching team provides plenty. Yes, training and programming, that's the obvious. Smart planning of the performance roadmap and the sessions that fit into that roadmap that fall beneath it. And then of course, the supporting adjustment of that plan as it is being executed. But a second component of coaching, the parallel, the sister and brother of it is education. A coach's role should not be about just feeding the horses in the barn, where you, the athlete, just sit and wait and wait for the grain to appear and the farmer finally comes in, drops the food and you get to gobble it up. A coach or coaching group should value education as the backbone of everything that they do. And that sounds terrific, but why? Well, here's why. Because for an athlete, understanding why they are doing something will always amplify the adherence to the plan and the ability to self-manage and adjust. Therefore, you become more empowered. And a part of being a part of a coaching relationship, the whole part of it is for you to learn, evolve, and gain, oh, what's that thing? Um, yes, uh, that's right, wisdom. These two elements, training and education, are the absolute backbones of any coaching relationship. But beyond that, a quality coaching environment or situation should actually help foster you feeling connected tethered, grounded. And this is where actually community can play a key role, as well as the essential element for you to be able to pause and gain perspective. It's so, so important. And I would say that coaching should foster an environment where you can build a toolbox of habits and skills that help across all aspects of your life. You see, I never think that you should get pulled into believing that a coaching relationship is just about the workouts or even just about the sport. It should foster a view of your performance journey within the context of your broader life and enable you to grow as not to be grandiose, but a human being. And finally, having a great coaching situation should help you with focus. But here I'm not talking about the focus where your eyebrows are touched in such a scowl because you are blinded by every other aspect of life. Focus should be helping you place your focus on the important things at the right time. And quality coaches and quality coaching organizations really end up acting as sort of filters, filters through the blizzard of bullshit and the overflow of information and help guide you on the focus of the important things that you need to do right now so that you can be successful. Goodness me, doesn't it sound like a tough job? Well, it is, it's really tough. And on top of that, there's something else that coaches have to deal with that makes it incredibly difficult. You, human beings, because you lot are not a highly predictable or easy bunch to work with even though it brings us so much pleasure. But as you listen to this show so often, I'm pretty sure that you're bought off on the value of education and perspective and coaching and so much more. And so with 2021 stepping up to being a great year, I want you to find the right coach for you to get there. I want you to establish the right situation to enable you to accelerate. And so the three steps that I promise on the day, what are they? Well, step number one, you are locked and loaded. You really want to optimize your journey with a high value coaching setup. Now, this might be the root of a highly personal one-to-one -one coaching relationship, or it could be a part of a more autonomous type program that includes training, community, and broad support something like the Purple Patch Squad program, and if we're talking about Purple Patch services. But 
the first step before you make that decision of the right level of service or coach for you, I think it's really valuable for you to do a little audit. And the first question that you should ask yourself is, what do I need to be successful? Well, how do you get there? What do I need to really be successful? And with a nice blank piece of paper, you should write and scribble out some notes. Consider the challenges that you have faced as an athlete, or if it's outside of the athletic quest, as a busy professional. What are the challenges that you've faced? What are some prior obstacles? What are your greatest fears or gaps of knowledge? Where have you come undone in prior experiences? For athletes, is it injury? Is it feeling isolated? Is it a loss of motivation? Have you overdone it? And in this audit, it's really helpful to be stunningly honest with yourself because out of it, you're going to get a firmer appreciation of both yourself as an athlete or a person, but also what you need that would be helpful. In fact, a great question you can ask yourself is, if I would be coaching this person, me, what would I do to help them? Oh, it's a scary dark closet when you start opening up that type of line of questioning. But it's really, really powerful. And then a second part of this audit would be to ask yourself or consider what type of support do you need? So as a person or an athlete, are you generally relatively autonomous or do you really lean into having some nurturing personal support? Do you love to navigate ongoing complexities by yourself? Do you dive into community and embrace like-minded folk or do you tend to stray more towards the personal journey? What's the fabric of your life like? Is it chaotic with lots of complexities, perhaps due to work or family or travel? Or is your schedule a bit more linear, simple, a bit more regular? And what type of learner are you? Do you really benefit from tailored, individual, guided experience? Or are you someone that's eager to go in and embrace all of the information and find what they need that's relevant? As soon as you start to get a firmer picture, you can really have a better landscape to begin the coaching quest. And so with that step completed, you can then and only then begin to consider what types of situational coaches with a firm appreciation of who you are as an athlete and what your opportunities of growth are and how much personalization and accountability you might benefit from well, who's the best to leave me? What do I need? And so with that step in the bank, now what you get to do is some homework. Because step number two is to go and find the right coach or coaching team for you. And I think it's important when you consider this that a super reputation as a coach doesn't necessarily mean they are the right thing fit for you. And let me make a case in point. Just because they might be really well known or they might have coached world champions, it doesn't mean that they're fit for purpose or for your needs. Just like when you're going car shopping, it's really good for you to review and investigate lots of options. Because your quest when you find a coaching solution is to hopefully find a solution that you can go on to build a lasting relationship from. And I promise you, there are a ton of coaches out there with big reputations. And some of those reputations are built on the results of even just a single athlete. And so I would really be cautious on this. There's an old saying within coaching circles, does the coach make the athlete or does the athlete make the coach? And so when you start to investigate some solutions, a few things that you might consider. When you look at a coach or an organization, do they have a proven history of developing athletes over multiple seasons? Are they equipped 
And have they shown that they can take athletes from different backgrounds and different levels and ability and show progressive incremental improvement across all areas? It's a good thing to look at. Secondly, does the coach or the organization have a really broad range of athletes? And to some of those, or at least many of those, are they at a similar level to you? A similar level to you right now, as well as where you want to be? Do some of the athletes on their program look like the profile of you as an athlete, where you are and where you want to be? Thirdly, does the coach or the organization have athletes that tend to stick around for a while? Or is it like a turnstile? It's worth knowing because if their program is sticky, filled with loyalty, well, that's surely a really positive sign. And finally, just because the coach has helped a highly talented professional athlete winning a world championship doesn't mean that they're going to be equipped to help you successfully join or cross the finish line of an Ironman while you're remaining highly effective in the workplace and engaging as an active participant in the lives of your family. You see, in horse racing, they refer to it as horses for courses. Some horses might be of great pedigree, but might not be suited to the conditions of a particular course or of the environment. Now, I'm going to give you a real-life example here without naming names. Several years ago, a young pro reached out to me. And she was a lovely woman, and she discussed, discussed the potential of joining us for coaching. She'd had a couple of years of development, and she'd delivered great success in some of her early seasons of racing off of the back of a really potent run performance. But her huge weakness was the bike leg. So in the sport of swim, bike, and run, she was a good enough swimmer her bike was incredibly weak relative to her peers, and she ran like a greyhound. She came through and won some races. Now, assessing her talent, she truly had the physical capabilities to reach the very pinnacle of the sport. When she finally made the coaching decision, she decided to take a leap and be coached by another organization. That's great. That's okay. And that was her prerogative, it is the athlete's journey. It's not my journey, it's the athlete's journey. And so that's more than fine. But if you look, one look, one small look at the coach that she decided to go with, a clear history showed itself. And that was that almost every one of the athletes that that coach guided was a reasonable swimmer, really pretty weak on the bike, but had a terrific run leg. And so whatever that coach was doing at the time, it was impossible to identify a single athlete who had joined the program and experienced a positive development in their biking performance. So over the course of the coming two to three years, the athlete that we're discussing continued to be a great runner. But relative to her peers, her results declined. The sport evolved and grew and she ended up sort of fading into obscurity. And that was probably supported with a little bit of losing confidence and perhaps a little disenchantment. I don't know. But to me, the unfortunate thing, the sad thing, is she really just simply chose the wrong coach for her needs. And the coach is a great person. But, and, and whether under my guidance it would have made any difference, I don't know. But this athlete clearly missed the chance to source a mindset and approach and a system that was suitable to address her weaknesses. And the only reason I tell you that is for a call that is really worth you doing your homework. Now, perhaps in a more accessible lens, let me say this. If you're really time starved, if you've got a really busy life, and it's a life in which you are seeking to integrate sport into it without it letting that sport dominate everything. 
I encourage you not to pursue a coaching relationship that has a setup which is anchored in the pure accumulation of a massive set of weekly hours because it's not going to fit. And so try as you might to squeeze in all the training demands, something's going to have to break. And in that situation, no one wins. And so step number two is really pause, take your time, look at lots of different coaches and organizations and be armed with who am I as an athlete? What are my weaknesses and challenges? How do I operate? What do I need in level of support, accountability and personalization? And then go out and look and try and find a fit. It is then that you can finally move to step number three. And that is that the essence of working with a coach or a coaching organization is to go about developing a relationship. And that is a relationship that you will want to evolve over time. Before you even start coaching, it's worth us talking about this. Because by identifying coaching as a relationship, it signifies that success requires constant effort from all parties in order for it to remain effective and productive. And that means that there's a realization that you, the athlete, has a key role to play in this. Over time, as the relationship evolves, you should become more and more equipped to understand the expectations and how the coaching organization or the coach operates so that you become more self-empowered. You can manage yourself more. You are actually able to make many of the decisions yourself. And that is why this simple element of an evolving relationship, I think, is why at the core that many of the best and enduringly great athletes in the world can boast of really healthy long-term coaching relationships. And perhaps more important in balance to this, it is incredibly seldom to see any of the great athletes or the great performers in broader aspects of work and life that have bounced around from coach to coach to coach to coach seeking excellent performance. Now, one of my favorite examples of a wonderful long-term coach-athlete relationship is of a very well-known Canadian professional triathlete called Brent McMahon. Brent has been coached by a good mate of mine, but fellow Ironman master coach Lance Watson for the whole of his career, over 25 years. And in this time, Brent began developing and becoming a junior world champion. He went on to compete in multiple Olympic Games and in the Ironman distance that he went to in the end of his career, he broke the magical eight-hour barrier. He did so much more across his career, but it's a wonderful journey of a coaching relationship. And in fact, when I think about my proudest coaching journeys, all of them, every one of them has included challenge, failure, adversity, but all of that has been balanced with learning, growth, and a whole bunch of success. Meredith Kessler's development from banker to a fearsome professional athlete. Sarah Piampiano and her journey to world-class. Jesse Thomas and his transition from running to becoming a world-class athlete in person. The list goes on, but the common thread is building a relationship of coaching. Now, contrary to this, I've seen so many athletes bouncing from one coach to the next year after year. And the only destination I see is for them driving towards the trash heap of underperformance, at least relative to their potential. Now, for many of these athletes, as soon as they are faced with the first real challenge, the first failure, the adversity, the instinct is to hit eject to go and seek better solutions elsewhere. But unfortunately, the outcome of that is that they're never actually working through the failure or the challenge. Instead, they go external, they blame others. And the outcome of that is always, nearly always, but I won't actually say no, always, no matter what their talent level, they miss the backbone 
of the development of mental and physical resilience as well as adversity. They cannot build their toolbox of performance. And so on the scrap heap you go, my friend. And so as you begin your coaching journey, you can't expect to start it and have a wonderful, lasting, loving relationship that is built on trust because you're just starting the coaching relationship. But you can do a couple of things. And the first is to acknowledge that you're starting a coaching relationship so that you can change, so that you can improve, evolve. Now, this is more challenging than many people realize, and it requires real openness. So I encourage you to go into the relationship with openness to evolve as an agent of change. And the second is to acknowledge that, yes, it will take time to build trust. You cannot expect a special relationship with an organization within the first six weeks. And while you shouldn't be subservient or blindly trust in everything that the coach or the organization prescribes, the one thing that you do, if you first go through step one of our process and then build on it by looking at a broad range of coaching and organizations through step two and find something that tastes good that you can get behind, then before you have trust, you can do one thing, and that's commit to it. Once you've made the choice, get committed. Don't be blind. Be an active participant and ask questions, but get committed to the process. And I promise you that if you follow these three steps and you retain a clear head, your chances of having a fruitful coach journey will be massively amplified. And I'll reiterate, don't underestimate the power of sharing your journey with others. Lean into the benefits of being a part of something. Get this right. Get this part right, and you will yield more. You will yield more performance, more joy, more growth. It's all important parts of the journey. It's not just about getting faster or better. It's about pulling the threads together to create a journey of success for yourself. And so I encourage you to stew over this as we launch into the holidays. And I'll say, as ever, look, we would love to help you on your journey. We want to take this opportunity to invite you to become a part of Purple Patch, yes. And we're always happy to have a chat with you, but not a chat to persuade you to join us to honestly see if we are the right fit for you. Because as I mentioned, we are not, I promise you, the right fit for everyone. And if we're not, here's my commitment. If we're not the right fit, we'll provide you with some perspective and thoughts on other groups that might be a better fit for you. And so feel free to reach out. We're also happy to have a chat and guide you on the best programming for your needs. Not the most expensive, but the one that suits your needs. And we're even happy right now as we launch into the holidays, it might be the last chance before the holiday break to give someone the gift of performance. If you want to help a friend or a loved one, well, grab a gift card from us. Allow someone else to go on their performance journey. And so feel free, check out the show notes or simply ping us, info at purplepatchfitness.com and we'll be happy to set up a call. All right, gang. That is the coached-athlete relationship. The last thing I want to say is thank you. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I want to take this opportunity to wish you the very best. Happy holidays. Please look after yourself and all of your loved ones. It has been a tough year for many, but we will grow because of it. We see light at the end of the tunnel, and if this were an Ironman triathlon, this doesn't mean that we're in the finishing straight. Look, we've got challenge ahead of us, but with a lot of patience and continued grit, we will emerge. We will emerge. Right now, we're at the bike turn. We're at the turnaround and we're coming home. 
but we've got to stay smart, committed, and focus on the things that are essential for us to get through this blizzard together. Please keep that in mind as you go into the holidays, and let's link arms, and let's ensure that we make 2021 special. Love to you all. We're taking a break. We'll see you in January. Until then, take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!